You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com as well as the Odyssey app. Let's talk some racing. Let's welcome in now. On the Roman guest line, Mark Malusis. You could hear him on WPIX TV out in New York City. Moose, how you doing, man? Brian Quinn, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing pretty good. So uh, the Derby, man. So my two horses uh, finished second and third. Obviously, as nobody saw saw that coming uh, with uh, Rich Strike winning the Derby. So let's talk a little Preakness Saturday, May twenty first. What are you doing in this event, man? The hundred and forty seventh Preakness Stakes. Any plays? Any leans uh, so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I do like a horse. I think I go into it, obviously, when, when you look at it. If Epicenter runs his best race, um, yeah. he's he's going to win. I mean, he's 6-5 to five on the morning line. You know, he came through Louisiana, won the Louisiana Derby. I think the way that he ran in, uh, in the, the Derby being so close to, well, I mean, he was a little bit farther off, but within five, six lengths of a, a really suicidal speed duel where they went 21 and change and then 45 and one for the opening half, you know, to finish the way that he did. And they were just crawling down the stretch. And that's what led to, you know, rich strike being able to finish the way that he did. Um, You know, if he runs his best race, he's going to win the race. Um, So you're gonna have to go into it with the idea that um, you're looking for a little bit of a regression two weeks after an unbelievable performance from epicenter on Saturday at Pimlico. Now the heat's going to factor in as well. I'll get to that in just a moment. So I'm going to go against Epicenter. I can't bet him. I can't come on here and say, yeah, I love a horse at 6-5. to five. Obviously, he's the, the morning line favorite. Right. Um, I like early voting, 7-2 um, to two on the morning line, coming through the Wood Memorial. You watch that race over once again. He had a three-length lead going into the stretch. He got tracked down by Mo Donical, who uh, you know ran pretty well in the Derby. He had a very, very wide trip, but was the Wood Memorial winner. Trained by Chad Brown, Jose Ortiz, back aboard, who's obviously a tremendous front-running jockey, and I expect this horse to be either on or close to the lead um, on Saturday. And if that is the case, I, I, I do think that he can take him all the way. And I think that you might actually get a little bit better than 7-2 to on Saturday, conceivably because a lot of people are going to be on Epicenter, and then a lot of people are going to be on the Philly Secret Oath who yep. won the Kentucky Oaks the day before. So you might get four to one or you might get nine to two on early voting. Um, Chad Brown had an opportunity to enter him in the Derby. He decided not. They pointed it toward the Preakness. He, he, his last, um, his, uh, last uh, time he sent him out to train, he fired a bullet at Belmont Park. So he's training all the right way. I think he's set to improve and gain off that wooden moral performance. So I'm going to go with early voting as my top Preakness play on Saturday um, at Pimlico. Moose, I have a uh... – 
I have a love. I have a little love for Secret Oath because the Kentucky Oaks played them plus four fifty was the number I got, and that wasn't even really a sweat. What's the knock, if anything, on Secret Oath in this race, or why would you be fading that horse? And then uh, Creative Minister is the other popular one as a top contender. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those horses, what you like and what you don't like about them as well? Yeah, I mean uh, about the filly. So I, I mean, I, I would say this. I, I mean, she's really talented. You know, I actually, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. I talked myself off of her in yeah. the Oaks. Um, and so uh, I liked her when I knew she was going to the Kentucky Oaks. So I give you credit and, you know, the, the four, uh, you know, plus four fifty or nine to two on your money. Um, my only thing would be after her unbelievable performance in the Oaks, is she going to be able to fire once again, that type of performance on Saturday against the boys, um, in the Preakness, that would be, that would be the yeah. only knock. Um, you know, and, and she's really talented. I mean, and Dwayne Lucas is a Hall of Fame trainer, 86 years old, amazing story. He's won a number of triple crown races. He's won triple crown races with, with Phillies before winning colors going way back, you know, with Gary Stevens aboard, you know, you're going back to, to the eighties then, but you know, he's, he's done it all here in thoroughbred racing and now he's in the twilight of his training career. But, um, yeah, she's got an opportunity. I, listen, I, I would say this. If you go into it and you really like her, I would not talk you off of her. I, I really think there's there's four horses to me that I think can win the race. I think I think Secret Oath can, Secret Oath can win it. Obviously, I think early voting can win it. I think Simplification, who ran a really lights out in the Kentucky Derby, can win it. And obviously, I think Epicenter. That's really the four that I'm kind of looking at. It's not an unbelievable field. You know, I was talking to some racing buddies of mine. And uh, they think it's probably maybe the weakest field since, you know, 2008, 2009 in the Preakness. So, you know, I'd be surprised if if one of those four didn't win the race. And in all honesty, I'd probably be surprised. I take simplification out of it and tell you that I think the, the top three, I think Secret Oath, Early Voting and Epicenter, I think one of those three are going to win the Preakness on Saturday. Mark, let's go ahead and transition to the NFL a little bit. I, I see you've been spending some time in the Big Apple, of course, covering those Giants. I'm looking at the week one uh, lines at BetMGM. That's what, we, what we've been doing on our show is going through every single game, week one, what we like, what we dislike. Unfortunately, one of Ryan's favorite plays is fading. My Washington Commanders in week one, which is an idiotic move by him, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Commander Carson. The Jags here, baby. Carson Wentz. What do you feel about uh, the, the Giants team this year? I saw this morning on first take. They're like, who is the king of the NFC East? And I'm like, you guys must be new here. There is no king here. How do you feel about the Giants this year? And also, they play Tennessee uh, uh, to open up the season. They're six and a half point underdogs. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, the, the total, when you look at them on the season, I, number one, I, I think it's going to be a transition year for the Giants, you know, Quinn. So I, I don't know where you look at it. I think the offensive line is obviously going to be significantly improved. And if you're not in the New York marketplace, that's been an issue really for like the last 10 years. When I was at OTAs earlier this morning, and I was joking around with some giant B writers, and, and, you know, it's been something that's been an issue. They've been trying to rebuild the offensive line for 10 years. But now I think they've really got bookend tackles in Thomas and Neil, Evan Neal, who they drafted seventh overall coming out of Alabama. Thibodeau, I think, is going to be a game changer on defense getting after the quarterback. Um, however, the, the big thing is, is Quinn, when, when I look at the Giants, you got to answer me this question. What do you make of Daniel Jones? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I, if you don't think Daniel Jones is particularly good, and there's a lot of reasons why you don't think Daniel Jones is particularly good, he's giving you every reason to believe he's not, or is it a case of, the Giants have really messed him up, and you say he's still got the talent to be a franchise-caliber quarterback. 
I think that's really, to me, where you kind of reside about what kind of season the Giants are going to have. Is it going to be in? And there's a top to it, right? The Giants are not winning 10 or 11 games. They, they just don't have enough talent on the team. They're not all that deep. Um, you know, they're, they're not over, you know, teaming with stars that you can count on, right? You can look at Saquon Barkley, but can you count on him being a star? You can look at Kadarius Tony. Can you count on him being a star? No. And being a difference maker week in and week out. The answer to that is no. And I look at the quarterback and I think when you look at the schedule, it's not a daunting schedule, right? I mean, they've, they've got, I think what the second or third easiest schedule this year. So they can win some football games. The question is, what caliber of quarterback is Daniel Jones? If he's going to be the mistake-prone quarterback and the Giants are searching for one after this season, then I think you're probably looking at a seven-win uh, seven season. For that first week, you know, can the Giants hang with the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I think they can. I, listen, I can't stand Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, no, me I'm either. a big Tannehill fan. Like, I don't think he's particularly good, right? And I think you saw that last year in the, in the playoff game. Now you take A.J. Brown out of the mix. There's no Julio Jones. You know, you look at Derrick Henry. He's an unbelievable running back, but they've, they've, you know, they've used him a lot, and he's gotten worn down a little bit. You saw that with the injury last year. You know, what exactly are the Tennessee Titans? Their defense is going to be good. I mean, you could look at that game where maybe the Giants are able to hang with Tennessee, and I think they probably can within that six-and-a-half-point spread. But do I like the Giants to win the game outright? Probably not, even though I can't stand Tannehill. Moose, I'm actually kind of excited to watch the Jets. I'm pretty high on them. By high on them, I mean I think they could win six or seven games with Zach Wilson. And I like the draft. You get Garrett Wilson, uh, Sauce Gardner you get as well. What do you think about the Jets this season going into year two with uh, Zach Wilson? Yeah, you know, I, and I don't want to seem like a broken record, but, I, you know, and I was a huge Wilson guy coming out of BYU. He's got no excuses. You know, this year he, he's literally got no excuses. They, You know, they've got the two tandem running back in Brees Hall and Michael Carter. They've got weapons at the wideout position. They added a tight end in the draft. They signed two tight ends uh, in free agency. They added to the offensive line in free agency. The defense should be significantly better. You mentioned Sauce Gardner, but let's also not forget they're going to get Carl Lawson, who they yeah. signed two off-seasons ago from the Cincinnati Bengals and was absolute game-wrecker during training camp before he ruptured his Achilles tendon, and he was absolutely destroying Mekhi Becton. I think if you think the Jets are going to have a good year, there's two things. Wilson, obviously, A, number one, answers all the, the the criticisms and the questions about what he is as a quarterback. Number two is that Makai Becton shows up, plays, and is healthy the entire year. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
sure to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I think the organization, by them not drafting um, a tackle with either the fourth or the tenth overall pick, showed you that they still believe in Beckton. Now, there's not—I think there's still—there's no questioning his talent. The question is his commitment and him staying on the field and his maturity level. But I—I I think the Jets are on the rise. I think if you look at New York football, and it's bad—I mean, it has been <laughs> bad for a while here. But if you look at New York football, I think the Jets are on a much stronger arc than the Giants are, who are clearly in a state of transition, and they've got big questions that they need to answer at certain positions. I think if Wilson plays well, I think the Jets could be one of those teams that has a really good kind of foundation year in 2022, and then you're looking for them to literally take off, no pun intended, in 23. (laughs) We're joined now by a guy, Mark Malusis of WPIX-TV in New York, picking his brain about everything, the Preakness, the NFL, Players we hate like Brian Tannehill. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mark, let me ask you about this since we're talking about the NFL uh, really quickly. And uh, let's let's talk about the odds to win it all. I know it's kind of early, but I know the Bills are headlining this odds board at plus 650. The Buccaneers plus 750. Chiefs 9-1. Packers 11-1. Rams 11-1. And 49ers 14-1. Anything that is weird to you about the board, anything that you like or dislike, just your overall take on how the uh, Super Bowl odds are currently stacked at BetMGM. Yeah, like I, I would never bet the Rams to go back-to-back. I mean, I, I just wouldn't when I'm looking at it. I mean, I, I think it's hard to to look at the Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams and with it obviously looking like Aaron Rodgers' final year and seeing how you know they've lost, whether it be the NFC Championship game to Brady and the Bucks, or whether it be um, last year losing to the 49ers at home in the snow uh, to think it, or bank in on, on the Green Bay Packers. You know, a couple of teams, I mean, I, everyone's going to look at the Buffalo Bills and say, well, it, it, it's going to be their year. It has to It has to be their year. Uh, you know, a team that kind of, like, in, intrigues me a little bit is, you know, I'd I look, obviously, at, at Brady and the Bucks because he, he's a driving force down there in Tampa. Um, I don't, I don't like I mentioned, I don't trust Green Bay. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs as, as pretty, you know, decent value because I think they're going to be better in the defensive backfield um, they coming off where they lose at home in the AFC championship game. I know they lose Tyree kill. You still have Mahomes. I think it's going to be a highly motivated, obviously team after the way it all went down last year, the chiefs are a team that interests me to, to kind of win it all. I'm also kind of intrigued by the San Francisco 49ers too, because you know, you know what you're going to get from them. They're a tough, hard nosed team. They find ways to win games. You know, they're, they're going to be able to run the football. Um, we'll see how the Debo Samuel situation does play out, but if you're asking me to spread a little bit, and I don't really make those kind of picks now because I want to see what training camp develops and, and, and everything. But if you're looking for me for three teams right now that I'd be intrigued by, it would be Tampa because of Brady, 
would be the 49ers because I believe in their system. And obviously because of Mahomes being the best quarterback in the NFL would be the Chiefs. I love that, Mark. And we believe in you. So you're in our top three, top two in our heart. And top two, you're not two. You're number one in my heart, brother. Mark Malusis, thank you so much for joining the show. And that's our guy, the Moose from WPIX-TV in New York.